Good morning. Good to see you here this morning on this Sunday morning as we come into God's house to worship and praise God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Good to see everybody out. Uh, <coughs> I guess uh, you covered all the things with the bulletin. Uh, anything, uh, I guess... Uh, charge conference I put in there that I have given Sammy Case some of the individual forms that I need your work on for instance like the trustees report uh, the uh, lay speaking report uh, the uh, whoever does the report on the mission work uh, that's mission work outside of the community uh, in regards to things that the conference may be working on for instance like the buckets we prepare the uh, support to change for children and the uh, support for the work over in Zimbabwe and things and then also covers the uh, uh, community work that's due here within your local community so whoever does that there's a form for you to fill out uh, the others basically I have to do them the 10 pages that I have to do on the committees, uh, that's why I need the uh, nominating committee to meet and to fill these positions for the 2018. Uh, I just transpose them over onto the forms uh, that uh, I have. To, there's 10 pages of it. It's just a, not that much, just a time consuming, basically, is what it is. So. I guess that's all as far as the charge conference. Uh, anything else that I've left out or would need to bring up or other than saying it tonight, been postponed till next uh, Sunday night. Okay, that's uh, okay. That would be. Uh, What's on, what day is that on? I don't have a calendar. Thursday. The fourth Thursday. The fourth Thursday. Yeah, I think it's the 26th. Okay. Okay, so we can uh, work on that and announce it the next week or so is uh, the date, time, and the menu. So uh, get back into the uh, community kitchen work that the, the young people have started. Anything else? Well, as we go to the Lord in prayer, and this is turn this day over to Him and let Him have His way. Uh, who do we need to remember? Uh, your uh, what's the uh, prognosis of the? Uh, he, he's had a, a stroke. Stroke. They sent the, uh, they sent somebody else going out. Okay. Okay. Remember Sammy's case, brother, on the stroke. Which hospital is he in? In the old St. Mary's Hospital. St. Mary's, okay. That's that off of Broadway? Yeah. yeah so, uh, how about Mr. Williams?
Okay, so let's remember <clears throat> Mr. Williams as he goes through these days ahead and pray that his recovery will be speeding up and uh, he'll be out of his health problems. Others? That she works at the signature? Uh -huh. Okay, so. Unless you heard the request that Carla has, her family, and Hump having his doctor's appointments, the lady who found her husband uh, deceased, uh, all the prior requests that Carla has, just remember them. Molly Molly Anderson and Lisa Green. <clears throat> Remember those two prior concerns? Did you say Tammy? Mm -hmm. Tammy Morlock, okay. So remember this passing there and the. Uh, Uh huh. Who's going to do it? Where at the? In Knoxville. Okay. So remember, Philip, as he goes through this procedure to get his fingers straightened back out and hopefully back to normal. I know. Others. Okay. Remember. How's his teeth doing? Is he able to eat corn on the cob? <laughs> Not too well. Not too well. <laughs> okay, do remember, Roz, he goes through this procedure getting these teeth implants uh, in place. Russell and Terry Bradley. Okay. Others? Any unspoken? Let's go to the Lord. Father, as we again come into your house on this beautiful Lord's Day, we come with a thankful heart for all and many, many blessings that you have given to each one of us. Things that we often take for granted, but yet we know that they come from you because you love us and you care for us. And you promised that you would give us the provisions and the necessities that we need each day just to go one day at a time. So, Father, we're just thankful today that as we reflect upon all of these goodies and the blessings and joys that you have given to us, but that you're always there to hear our concerns and our prior requests for our friends, family members, members of this church family, 
just our friends and neighbors that we associate with, when they have their troubles, when they have health problems, when they lose a loved one due to an untimely death, or personal problems, financial problems, or just whatever, Father, just makes life difficult for them, that we're able to lift their needs up to you and know that you hear and that you respond according to your will, not ours, but your will. And we're just thankful, Father, that you're there for us and with us in each of these situations. And so, Father, we just pass these concerns on to you today. Thankful that you're there hearing and responding, even as we speak. Continue, Father, to bless this church, this congregation. Be with us the coming weeks for the activities. And as we get into the end of the year activities, especially as we start into the Advent and Christmas season, that it will be a time period for us to step forward and to do all we can to just enhance your kingdom here in this community and within our own family. So, Father, touch us in that special way. Lead us and guide us the way we need to go, the way you would have us to go. And just make the final few weeks of this calendar year and this church year a most blessed time for each one of us and get us started off on 2018 with ideas and ways to reach out and to bring more and more into a relationship with you and your son. So, Father, we just today offer ourselves up to be a tool that you would use to help us in some way persuade or influence someone to come to know you in a way that they haven't known so far. Father, these things we ask today in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If our ushers will come forward at this time, we will receive our tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, today as we again receive this offering in the name of your Son, we're thankful that we're able to help someone in need today because you have been so helpful to each one of us, have given and done so much. Now that we may in turn show someone in need today just how much love and concern you and your son have for them and that this congregation on the local level shares that same concern and a willingness to help to get someone straightened back out, back on their feet again. So, Father, we gladly give today because you have done so much for us. 
Nowadays, we repay and do all we can in this small way to help someone in need today. So we receive this offering again, giving thanks to you and your son for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, I've titled my sermon, Don't Give Up, Look Up. And I'm using for the scripture, uh, Luke 21, verses 25 through 33. Last week, I did two sermons. Uh, we had the situation in our parish where we were having the baptismal and people joining the church. And I did a special message on that and then I had a different one here so today we the woman that we baptized last Sunday we baptized her son this morning who's in the Marines leaving tomorrow for Camp Lejeune so he wanted to be baptized and the church of his mother was baptized in so we did that this morning but I didn't do two different sermons I sort of use them both at the same church on this uh, Sunday. So, uh, as you remember, last Sunday we talked about some of the signs that uh, we have been given. Signs that we have heard over and over again. But, to start with, like I told Mark Pleasant Hill, it's good to see everybody here today. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the internet or maybe heard on the news. Uh, yesterday, the world was supposed to end. Some, what was it, some planet was crashing in on the earth and uh, we wouldn't be here today. How many times have we heard, and I said this morning, I don't know if you call them foolish or not, but these predictions that get people all fired up, knowing we all know what 
the Bible says. We all know what God has told us. We don't know. Even the angel, we're told that even the angels, they don't know when Christ is coming back. So why do we why do we fall gullible to such guys predicting that certain certain day the end is gonna come? But yet, if you remember what was it, forty or fifty years ago out Midwest or somewhere, there was some group of people, they were told the day was when the world would end, and they went and sold all of their goods, everything they had, they was ready to go. Well, when that day came and they were still here, they were here with nothing. They had sold everything that they had, so, you know, but yet we still have these people predicting, and I saw on the internet last night, uh, the headline was, well, maybe it's next week. So anyway, uh, hopefully we'll be here next Sunday. Anyway, But seriously, what, like we talked last week, yes, God has given us signs and conditions and if you want to call it a warning or maybe uh, just an eye-opener as to what do we have to look for or what will be happening uh, when Christ does decide to come back. And as I said, I picked uh, the scripture in the, the 21st uh, chapter of Luke, starting with verse 25 through, uh, I guess, 33. Uh, so those who are able to stand, if you would, please stand as we read the word of God from 21st chapter of Luke. Starting with verse 25. Verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, Ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all but fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass. Pass away. The word of God for the people of God. God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. And as I said before, yes, we do have indications, we do have knowledge of how things are going to be going when Christ decides to come back. You know, last week 
we talked about a couple situations. Uh, the first time was when uh, God looked down and saw all of the evil, and he told Noah to build the ark. It's going to rain. They didn't believe him. But boy, did it ever rain. God said he was so dissatisfied that he was just going to destroy what he had created. And then we read in Matthew where we were told that as it was during the days of Noah that so shall it be when Christ comes back. And we went through all of the things that are happening in our society today. We have no morals or no values that people hold dear. Just like I said last week, pitch them out the window. If you, if you commit to Christ and you follow him, people will make fun of you. They'll scorn you and ridicule you because they don't want to take the responsibility. They don't want to make the commitment that you have made to turn your life over to Christ. So we are living in a society today as where almost anything goes. If it makes you happy and you're happy with it, uh, great. Oh, we could talk. We could talk all morning on these people kneeling at the when they play the national anthem, and it's growing and growing, getting even more widespread. So, I mean, you know, what do we believe in? Do we believe in anything? And sometimes you wonder, as you see, the ones who are not committed to Christ, the ones who are not in church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever night you may have a nightly service, what do those people believe in? Anything that the devil tells them, they're gullible enough to fall for it. So, yes, we are given some signs, as we read there in the, the uh, chapter of Luke, where uh, he talked about that there would be signs in the uh, stars, the moon, the sky. He talked about the sea would be roaring and gushing. Uh, and we look at the number of hurricanes that we're having today. Yes, they're sort of one after another. Just think what the sea is doing to these islands out in the Caribbean and also there in the Gulf Coast area where it hit land on our mainland. The destruction is there. Even it said there'd be signs in the sky and people even jumped on this uh, solar eclipse as to be a warning or a signal from God that maybe God was getting ready to give up on America. And of course the earthquakes. That's another sign that there'll be earthquakes in uh, divers places. And they are intensifying. So yes, maybe these are signs. I don't, as I said last week, I don't know. Only God knows for sure. But he has given these to us and I said a while ago to be of nothing else an eye opener to get us to start thinking. And he told us 
It's not up to me or you or anyone to try to pinpoint the day or the hour or what. But he did tell us one thing, that from all of these signs and these signals that we are to do, be sure you are ready. Whatever, whatever time, whatever day, hour it may be, don't be caught unprepared. And so we're to use these acts of nature, uh, signs from nature or signs from God, or however you want to classify them. We're to take these into consideration. We're to give thought to them. And also, as we give that thought, keep in mind, these are things that are coming from God, not some person out in left field or wherever. But these are warnings from the Father above. So we need to pay heed. We need to give concern to them and know that there are things going to be happening just as God says here in his word. And we need to be cognizant of that fact that we are maybe living in these times. So, yes, God does warn us. God does tell us for many years remember all the prophets that we studied about in the Old Testament how they went carrying the word of God for years but yet they were they were telling the people what is going to happen they didn't know when just like we don't know when so, yes, we need to pay attention. And that's why I said, no matter what your troubles may be, and no matter what your trials you may be facing, and I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that when you give your life to Jesus Christ that all of your troubles are going to be gone. They're not. In fact, they're going to probably intensify because... The moment you accept Jesus Christ, that's another defeat the old devil can mark up that he has suffered. And he's just like everybody else. The devil doesn't like to get beat. You don't like to get beat, do you? I don't like to get beat. And the devil, the moment you come to accept Christ, then he's got to start working overtime. He's got to start working harder on you than he had been because he's got to get that victory back over into his column. So you're going to be probably tempted more than you had been. Now you, you may think, well, I've had enough temptations. I've been tested and tried enough. But as the old saying goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. The devil's going to start doing everything he can to bring you back over into his column. And, you know, uh, when those troubles come, that's why I say don't give up, but look up. Look up to your heavenly Father. He has an answer for you.
Somewhere in his word, he can direct you to the passages or to the words that will solve or give you the relief that you're seeking. So consider this. When the devil, and he will tempt you. Remember, uh, we talked about when he was, when Jesus was baptized and when he come up out of the water, that the Spirit led him out into the desert to be tempted for 40 days with the devil. So believe me, if the devil will tempt Jesus Christ, what do you think he's going to do to you? How many temptations is he going to throw your way? So you got to be prepared. So that's why when they come, look up. Ask, ask your Heavenly Father to give you the answer to bring you through whatever the difficulty may be. Uh, <coughs> because you know he's always there for you no matter what the situation may be, how big the problem may be, how small it may be. All things, we've, how many times have we said all things are possible through Christ if we just believe in him? So he's there for us whenever. And look up. You heard of Stephen? Acts. We go to the seventh chapter of Acts. Stephen's about to be stoned. It's been said that Stephen probably was the first Christian martyr. Now that could be debatable. I don't know. I don't. I've never really seen proof of that. But I've read it and then have been taught it that our classes are at Hiawassee. But anyway, whether it's so or not, anyway, Stephen is considered by many to be the first Christian martyr. In other words, someone who gave his life for Christ, that being what a martyr is. So anyway, as we go to the seventh chapter of Acts, verse 54, and remember, this is when Stephen's just about to be uh, stoned or uh, killed. So verse 54 says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he... Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said that, he fell asleep. Saul, later Paul, was one of the instigators in the stoning of 
steal. We read later on where in the life of Paul, this situation played a big impact on Paul's life. I guess if you were involved in killing someone, uh, it would probably impact your life. I know it would mine, so we're told later on that Paul goes back to this situation when he was known as Saul and he stoned Stephen, the impact it had on his life. But anyway, what we're talking about here in this, this passage is that what did Stephen do in the time of his need? He looked up. So that's why I say don't give up, but look up. Look up to the one who has the answer for you. And did you see any similarity is what Stephen and Christ on the cross did? Remember Christ, Father forgive them for they know not what they're doing? Stephen says, don't hold this charge against them. Asking that they be forgiven for what they're doing. Even though what they're doing is they're killing me. Don't hold it against them. And then it said, it's the Christ on the cross that he breathed his last. It says Stephen fell asleep. So that goes to show us. Stephen looked up, knowing that the help was there for him through the Heavenly Father. So why don't we, when we have problems and we have a need, why don't we look up to the one who has an answer for us? But yet, for some reason, it seems like we too easily give up instead of looking up. We accept things for acts and what they are without trying to seek another solution or another way out of it. So my message to you today would be whenever, no matter what, no matter what you may be facing, God has the way out for you. All you have to do is to look up to him and call upon his name and ask him to intercede. Remember Stephen said he saw Christ Jesus sitting or standing at the right hand of God? Guess what? He's still there today. Jesus Christ is still there at the right hand of God to intercede for you whenever you call upon his name. And I've talked about this before and I've still continued to say it. A lot of people say they don't pray because they don't know what to say. They're afraid they'll mess up. People you can't mess up. Why? Because we just got through talking about where Christ is. He's right there at the foot of our Heavenly Father. If we lift up a prayer and it's all jumbled up and doesn't make sense. Guess what the interceder, interceder does for us? He puts it together 
I told Mark Pleasant, I wouldn't call him an English teacher that where he puts everything in the proper order and puts it in the form it should be in, but, but he gets the message that you're wanting to get to the Father. He puts it in the perspective that needs to be said. So don't worry about messing up. You can't mess up. Yeah, you. I, I may not say the right word. I may use the wrong word or put it way out of focus. But that's what Christ is there to do for you. Is to intercede for you. And to know that God gets the prayer request just the way you want it. Just the way you need it to be said. So don't worry about messing up. Just look up. Things will work out for you. But it's something you have to do. You have to take the initiative yourself to want to go to Christ, to ask Him what, what the answer is. He already knows what the problem is. So you don't have to tell Him what the problem is. He knows what he's waiting on, what he's waiting on is for you to humble yourself and come and ask him for the help. And yet, too many people are too proud or, I don't know, unwilling to admit they need God's help to get them out of whatever it is situation maybe, but that's where we stand. We have a Father in heaven waiting, wanting, expecting us to bring our problems to him, and yet we're reluctant to do it. So today, as we sing our invitation of him, and if you have anything whatsoever on your heart, on your mind, you need to clear up with God, He is here for you today. You don't have to look up today. You can look down because He's here at the altar for you. But whether you look down at the altar or look up to the heavens, remember, God is there for you. So if we say our song, if you have 97, first to last verse, 97. This is your invitation. God is calling you to the altar. If you have a problem, if you have a need to come one-on-one, -on -one, this is your invitation.
Son is willing to save us on any vector cause whenever we come to Him. We know that He receives us with open arms and forgives us of all of our sins, all of our wrongdoings, and that we are safely forever within His foes, within His loving arms. Father, we just thank you and your Son so much for everything you have given and done for each one of us. Now as we lift up our friends and loved ones who are suffering great problems, we just ask that you would hear our prayers today. Even as we speak now, you are working on each of these individual needs. Let this church be with the congregation. Help us the days ahead as we have activities planned. And Father, we pray especially this morning for as Sandy Kay goes to Knoxville to be with her sick uh, family member, that you would just be with her on her journey, but be with the uh, one who is needing your healing touch. Be with their doctors and caretakers. Strengthen their knowledge and just give them the wisdom they need to make the diagnosis and prescribe the treatments and medicines bring healing. Now, Father, go with us as we depart this house and go to our respective homes. Continue to lead and guide us in the way that you would have us to go. These things, Father, we ask today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.